ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. It's deadline day for Israel to present its report to the International Court of Justice, outlining the steps it's taking to prevent genocide in Gaza. The report is one of six emergency measures ordered by the UN's top court after it found that South Africa's claim that Israel is committing genocide in Gaza is plausible. While a decision on the merits of the case at large is likely years away, a month after the ICJ's initial ruling, Israel will need to show how it is complying with the court's orders. Michael Becker is an assistant professor of international human rights law at Trinity College Dublin and a former legal officer at the International Court of Justice. Michael Becker, welcome to RN Breakfast. Thank you for having me. Just remind me, what what are the provisional measures that the ICJ ordered for Israel? Right. So last month in this uh, initial decision by the court, uh, they did five things, really. So they told Israel that Israel needs to take all measures within its power to prevent the commission of acts of genocide. They also told Israel that it needs to do everything it can to prevent and punish public incitement to genocide. And then very importantly, the court instructed Israel to take immediate and effective measures to enable the provision of humanitarian assistance into Gaza. And then on top of that, there were orders uh, relating to the uh, protection and uh, preservation of evidence. And finally, as you mentioned, this uh, obligation to report back to the court after this one month uh, in terms of what Israel has done to implement those other parts of the order. What are we expecting from Israel? What kind of form will this report uh, take? Will it be a lengthy document or are these things usually fairly brief? Well, a really important point to start with, and I think there's a lot of uh, maybe misunderstanding about this, is that this is going to be a confidential report. So those of us in the public at large very likely will not see this report. This is a report to the court, and the only other actor that is going to see the report will be the South African legal team. Are they able to talk about it if they see it? Well, they they could talk about it. Uh, I think that there is an informal understanding that these things are meant to remain confidential. So South Africa will be provided with Israel's report and be given a certain amount of time uh, within which to respond. And so South Africa will then file its own response back to the court. And I think it would be unlikely for South Africa to to, uh, do anything to publicize the report before then because they want to put this to the court and um, see how the court reacts. Um, Now, that's not to say that this won't ever see the light of day. But this isn't a public report. This isn't like another filing in the case uh, that we might expect to see up on the court's website the next day. The court effectively ordered Israel to to change course. Uh, Looking at the situation on the ground a month on, does it appear, Michael, that Israel is complying with those orders? Well, I think for those of us watching the situation in Gaza from afar, it's, it's pretty hard to conclude that Israel is complying in a meaningful way with the court's order. Uh, And that extends really across the board there, both on the idea of preventing uh, genocidal acts, and very importantly, and maybe more um, tangibly, this requirement that Israel uh, facilitate the delivery of humanitarian assistance. I think every day we're we're bombarded with stories about um, further acts that appear to be violations of international humanitarian law, And then also stories about uh, ways in which humanitarian aid simply isn't able to get 
to the people who need it in Gaza. And all of those things taken together certainly create a very strong impression that Israel um, is not complying, or at least is not fully complying uh, with the court's order. What further action, if any, can the ICJ take if Israel is not complying? Well, the court has the power to issue uh, further provisional measures on its own accord, but it's never done that in its history, and and I'd be very surprised to see it it do that here. What maybe is a more likely outcome is that following this um, exchange of the report and South Africa's response to the report, maybe this will then provide the impetus for South Africa to decide it's now time for us to return to the court and formally seek either new provisional measures or a modification of the provisional measures in place. I mean, that could be a product from what comes out of this process is that it might identify ways in which the court's order could be meaningfully um, made more precise in a way that actually uh, helps to lead to something that's a bit more effective. So South Africa may see that here and now act on that by requesting new measures. The ICJ rejected South Africa's request for extra urgent measures to safeguard Rafa 10 10 days ago in southern Gaza. Does that mean that a ground invasion legally could go ahead or do the existing emergency measures, are they enough to legally prevent something like that happening? Yeah, so what happened uh, 10 days ago was was really interesting because there, as you say, the court uh, went back to, or sorry, South Africa went back to, to the court, but they didn't ask for new provisional measures. They said, and they tried to use a particular procedural mechanism in the court's rules to say, uh, this news has come out that Israel's planning to invade in Rafa, please act using your own powers rather than South Africa requesting certain measures. And, you, and exactly as you say, the court said, Uh, No, we don't consider that the situation has changed in a way that requires us to act. But what they said in this kind of non-decision was really interesting because they, the court themselves, described the situation in light of uh, Israel's uh, pronouncements about the imminent invasion of Rafah as a perilous situation that demands immediate and effective implementation of the provisional measures already in place. And they quoted the UN Secretary General uh, saying that if this invasion or if this operation goes ahead, it will exponentially increase what's already a humanitarian nightmare. So I think all of that taken together very strongly signaled that this was in no way a kind of green light from the ICJ that Israel should you know, feel free to go ahead and proceed. I think the subtext of it was very much along the lines of, we are concerned that what Israel has been doing has not been enough to date. And the possibility of this operation going forward only enhances our concerns. They even said something really interesting, which was that Israel uh, um, could essentially comply with the court's provisional measures with the order in place by ensuring the safety and security of the Palestinians in Gaza. And for a lot of uh, close observers, this raised some eyebrows because it actually seemed to be instructing Israel to go even further um, than what the court had suggested in the formally binding order last month. Michael, thank you very much. Thank you. That's Michael Becker there, Assistant Professor of International Human Rights Law at Trinity College Dublin and a former legal officer at the International Court of Justice. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.